Hey, this is Shane Valenstein, the pastor at City on a Hill Community Church. I want to welcome you to our sermon podcast. I hope that this podcast helps you grow deeper in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you want to learn more about our church, you can visit us at cityonahillmd.org. Enjoy the message. Today, we're in the third week of our Limitless Life series. And all month long, for the month of January, we're talking about how we can live life with purpose, passion, and excitement. In other words, how can we live life to the fullest? Which is something I think most of us would say, I would like to do with my life. I would like to live my life to the fullest. And the first week we talked about how if we want to live life to the fullest, if we want to live a limitless life, we have to first understand that we serve a limitless God. And he's limitless in many, many ways. But the two ways that we talked about is his limitless grace and his limitless love. And because of those things, grace and love, we can live life in a way that reflects his grace and his love, and it changes the way that we live our life to make it more limitless, to make it full, to make it feel like we have purpose, passion, and excitement. And then last week, we talked about our identification. We talked about our labels. So first, we talked about how we view God and how that's often off. And then last week, we talked about how we view ourselves. How do you view you? What do you look, how do you look at yourself and a lot of times we discovered that whatever identification to go, or maybe your job, or whatever it is, there's so many things that could cause you to view yourself as a certain particular way, and that perspective is often limited. And we buy into lies about ourselves, and we don't trust in what God actually says about us, and thus we never reach our full potential. So here's the truth. Like I said, I believe most of us want to live life to the fullest. Most people would say, I don't want to waste my life. I know that, t- that time is precious. I want to live life in a way where I get the most out of it. How do I get the most out of it? I only get one life, right? I only get one. So how do I get the most out of this one life? But the problem is, most people don't actually want to put in the work that it takes, the work that is necessary to live life to the fullest. It, take, it takes work to do that, right? Like, it, it, most people don't know what it even entails to live a limitless life and that they're actually even willing to put in that work. Like, people say, yeah, okay, live life to the fullest. Absolutely. I want to do that. What does that mean? What is that going to require of me? What sort of work am I going to have to put into that? Because I, I don't know about you, but I hate when I commit to something and then it's more than I realized I committed to when I made the commitment. A good example of this is uh, Ticketmaster. I don't know if you ever buy, like, concert tickets or sporting events tickets on Ticketmaster, right? And you go on Ticketmaster and you say, okay, I'm going to go see this concert, right? I'm going to go see the Foo Fighters. I'm going to see the Foo Fighters at Merriweather, right? going to go see the Foo Fighters. Tickets are $40. Perfect. And then by the time you get to checkout, what happened? It's like, the tickets are now $80 each because of all the service fees that they put in. And I bought it on, like, nobody served me. Nobody did anything. Like, I... I did all the work. You should be paying me the $40. But I got to the end, and I thought I was paying $40. Now I'm paying $80 a ticket. It's not what I signed up for. And it's so frustrating. I hate it. There's one website called SeatGeek that actually uh, does, it has no hidden fees. Now, it doesn't mean that the tickets are cheaper. It just tells you what they actually are before you commit to them. Like, it's, it's, it includes all the service fees in the beginning, which I can appreciate more, right? I hate it when I sign up for something and, and I was told one thing, 
And then all of a sudden I get into it and it's totally different. And it's even more than what I thought. I just want to know this. Whenever I'm committing to anything, what is the bottom line? Like, what are you asking of me? My family, we just bought a van recently because we have three kids and now I'm living the dad life and I have a van, okay? And, uh, and, and whenever I go to buy a car, I'm like, okay, whatever the sticker price is, we know it's not the actual price. Just give me the bottom line. What am I buying? How much am I paying? How much do I have to commit? It's a normal thing where we know, like, whenever we commit to buying anything, it's actually more than what we realize. And a lot of people feel that way when it comes to following Jesus. Okay, all right, I, I want to follow Jesus, but now what do I have to do? Like, wh- what, is this, what does this require of me? What, in what ways am I going to have to give up parts of my life? Like, how much money am I going to have to give? What, am, what, how, what, what amount of time am I going to have to give to serve? Uh, do I have to come to church consistently? Do, like, do I have to be here every week? Or can I just kind of come, like, when I want to? Or, like, do I have to volunteer for stuff, too? You're telling me I have to spend time with kids? I hate kids. I don't want to spend any time with them, right? Like, whatever it is, there, it always feels like there's more than I signed up for. And, and sometimes we can even feel duped. We can even feel tricked into doing things. It's like, oh, you tricked me. You didn't tell me all of these things. And now, all of a sudden, I'm taking all this time, money, effort, whatever it is, and, I, and, and I'm frustrated. And the, the reality of it, most of us don't want to do anything that we aren't required to do. That's, that's just the truth. What am I required to do, and I'll do that? What do I need to do, and I'll do that? I, I, I'll just do that, and then I'll get back to watching my cat videos on YouTube. I don't want to have to worry about anything else. I will give you whatever is required, but nothing beyond that. Because I want to get back to my life. I've got some, some TV shows I need to binge watch on Netflix. I need, I need my time. I'm not going to give above and beyond. But remember how we started. I want to get the most out of this life. This is the only life that I have. How can I live it to the fullest? How can I make the most out of this life. If, and if I were to ask most people what it meant to live life to the fullest, I think the answer would probably look something like this. Work a job that I just don't hate, a job that I tolerate, and if it's a job that I enjoy, that's a bonus. Get, make enough money to be comfortable, to live a comfortable life. And if it's a little more than that, that's great, but like as long as I'm just comfortable, maybe get married, maybe have a few kids, Maybe not do any of that, but still just be comfortable. And then I want to retire comfortably at a reasonable age and have a comfortable life. That's what most of us would say. Maybe you're even like, oh, man, I can't wait till I retire because I'm going to move down to Florida, get out of this cold weather. I'm going to golf all the time. I'm going to hang out on the beach. I'm going I'm to collect seashells, and I'm just going to live out the rest of my days in comfort in retirement and not have to do anything because I've worked my whole life. I get that. I've worked my whole life. I've earned this. I just want to relax. And I think that most of us, not everybody, you may not fit this category, but I think most people in the world would say something similar to that as to living a full life. Really what we want is a comfortable life. John Piper, um, who's, a, who's a pastor, he has a... Uh, he has a famous sermon where he talked about this picture. 
And he gave an illustration of a couple that was featured in Reader's Digest who took early retirement from the jobs in the Northeast and they moved down to Florida. The American dream, right? He was 59, she was 51. And the story was about how they enjoyed their, their, their leisure retirement, cruising the Gulf Coast in their 30-foot boat, playing softball, collecting shells on the beach. It sounds really nice. And here's what John Piper said about, about this picture. He said this, At first, when I read it, I thought that it might be a joke, a, a spoof on the American dream. But it wasn't. Tragically, this was the dream. Come to the end of your life, your one and only precious God-given life, and let the last great work of your life before you give an account to your creator be this. Playing softball and collecting shells. Picture them before Christ at the great day of judgment. Look, Lord, see all my seashells? That is a tragedy. And people today are spending billions of dollars to persuade you to embrace that tragic dream. Over against that, I put my protest. Don't buy it. Don't waste your life. Now, there's nothing wrong with those things. I love playing softball. A lot of us, we have a softball team here. We love playing softball. I like going to the beach I like warm weather. I like relaxing. There's nothing wrong with any of those things. Please don't get me wrong. But those things are not the purpose of your life. That's not the end goal. And if your end goal is golf and the beach and seashells, then you're not dreaming big enough. You're not not looking at your life the, the right way. See, for most of us, that is... That picture is the goal. We work our entire lives to get to that. Now I can finally relax. And is it really the end goal? Is that really where we want to find ourselves? Is, Is this what we go through our entire lives to achieve? Or is there something more than that picture? Which again, nothing wrong with that picture. But is there something more? Is there something greater than that? Here's what Jesus says about saving your life in Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 through 28. It'll be on the screen behind me. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. I tell you the truth, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. So in this passage, Jesus is describing the difference between living life to the fullest and living a wasted life. He's talking about the difference between the two. And here, here, we're going to talk about the two differences. See, a wasted life is a life lived for you. It's a life lived for yourself. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? See, this is the total opposite from our culture. The total opposite. The total opposite from our world. Everything most people do is for the benefit of I. It's for the benefit of me. Everything that I do is, well, what do I get out of it? How how does this benefit me? 
How is this going to affect me in the long run? Okay, yeah, sure. So you want, you want some of my money. What do I get in return? You want some of my time. What do I get in return? You want some of my talent. What do I get in return? I want to live my whole life in a way that is filled with fun, not too much work, just enough work that is necessary for me to have more fun. And any work that I do, better, I better be properly compensated for. And then I want to retire in my own luxury bubble. Living life for me. Living life for I. And the reason why this is so difficult for us to get past is because the world makes selfish living look so good. So good. Like if, if we buy into all of the commercials and all of the things that the world sells us, and if we buy into social media and it's like, oh man, this person's doing this, this, and this, and they're out exploring the world, and here I am stuck in my nine-to-five job working all day and coming home and being depressed and not having any fun, and it's like nothing special is happening in my life. This person's living life to the fullest. I'm just stuck here doing, doing my own life that I don't even like. And we buy into this. Well, if you want your life to look like that, then you got to look for you first you got to look out for yourself because nobody else is going to give it to you. Nobody else is just going to say, here is this luxurious life. Go ahead and live it. It's so comfortable. It's so nice. Here, I gifted this for you. Now you go take it and run with it. Nobody's doing that. So we think, if I want that, how am I going to get it? The only way that I'm going to get it is if I look out for me first and I don't care about anybody else. I don't care about helping anybody else. All I'm worried about is me. See, there are websites, magazines, TV shows, and social media accounts that are dedicated to the lifestyle of the rich and the famous. Dedicated to it. And being the father of three young kids who are not on social media yet, that terrifies me. And for those of you who are parents of teenagers, I'm sure that terrifies you. Because we live in a world that is just selling us garbage but it looks great. It looks so good. It's like, absolutely, I want that life. I want that lifestyle. It makes us think that if I just had that amount of stuff in my life, then I wouldn't have a care in the world. We're pursuing comfort, not purpose. And there's a big difference between the two. See, the person who gains the whole world but forfeits their soul is the same as a Christmas tree. See, I'm, I'm very big when it comes to Christmas. We just, we just had in Christmas, right? I'm very big on it's not Christmas if you got a fake tree in your house. I'm sorry, it's just not. If you, if, you, if you set up a fake tree in your house, you didn't celebrate Christmas this year. That's just my opinion, and it's right, and yours is wrong. <laughs> but that's how, I, that's how I feel about it. It's like you got to have a live tree in your house. But here's the thing. A live tree is not actually alive when it's in my house. It's already dead because it's cut off from its life source. So just this past week, since I had a live tree, what did I do with it? I put it out on the curb. Why? Because it's dead. It's dying. It only lasts for so long because it's already cut off from its life source. And, and it's, it's sure, when I put it up in our house, what, what do we do with it? Oh, we put lights on it. We decorate it with ornaments. We make it look beautiful. It's awesome. It, it, looks, it looks great. And it's a, you can take pictures in front of it. It's so pretty. And, that, and then all of a sudden, it's like after a couple of weeks, it's like, oh, no. There are all these pine needles just all over the ground. 
if I don't get this out of my house, it's eventually just going to catch on fire from the lights that are on it, and it's going to burn my house down because it's dead. That's all that it is. It's dead. So we take off all the lights, we take off the ornaments, we carry it outside, and we put it on the curb, and we say, well, that's gone. But during Christmas, woo-wee, it looked nice. It looked real nice. That's what we do with our lives. We just dress it up. We just, we just make it look nice. We post something on social media. We have all these filters. You have to take 20 pictures just to get that one that you actually liked before you even posted it. I have like a, I have like a rule now with, uh, with, with my family. It's like, I'm only taking five. You got five chances. If you don't get it in five chances, you had your chance. And I'm done, right? And to me, when all the pictures are taken of the whole family and the one person's like, oh, I don't like the way that my hair looks. I don't like the way my eye was a little bit closed. My smile was weird. I didn't like my arm here. I want it down here, right? Like whatever it is. And it's like, I don't even see a difference between any of these pictures. But for some reason, it's got to look, it's got to look nice. And in between every picture, people are yelling at one another. And people are upset. And then you smile, take the picture, and it looks like this perfect family. It looks like this Christmas tree that's really dead. But we just made it look nice and we fool ourselves. And that's what we do with our lives. It's a wasted life. Wasted life. When we live life for ourselves, we are wasting it. And it may look pretty on the outside. It may look appealing on the outside. But in reality, we are cut off from the life source and we are slowly dying. If you're living for you, you are dying. Now, we know that we're all dying, right? We're all eventually going to die in this world. But the person who's only living for themselves has no hope beyond this. That's it. This is it. Some of us say, whatever I see in front of me, that's what I'm living for. That's all that I'm going to do. And Jesus says, a life that is forfeited is a life that is wasted. You may have gained the world but you lost your soul. You may have gained all this stuff, but you lost what's really important. Maybe you had fun while you were doing it. Maybe it looked nice at times, but it never fully satisfied you. You didn't find your purpose. You find a life that was wasted. But a life, a limitless life, is a life surrendered. And this makes no sense. Let me be honest with you. It's like this, this does not add up in our world at face value. Because it says in Matthew 16, 25, for whoever wants to save his life will what? Lose it. <laughs> but whoever loses his life for me will find it. You and I should have one single passion in this world and that's to glorify God that's it one single passion what am I doing with my life I'm pointing back to the one who gave me life what am I doing with it with the time that I have I'm reflecting the savior who came to this world and gave me an opportunity to live the life that I have to get to the point to get to that point where we say we glorify God we have to say, all right, God, look, I'm not in charge. You are. I'm not, I'm not running the show. You are. 
You can never be Jesus' disciple unless you deny yourself. You, it's impossible. It doesn't, it doesn't work. If you say, okay, yeah, yeah, I want to I be a follower of Jesus. I want to be a disciple of Jesus. But I'm not going to deny me. Then you're not a follower of Jesus. That's, 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 a, that's a requirement. There's no way around it. We can't, we can't be living for me. We can't be doing everything for me and then also following Jesus at the same time because Jesus says, what's more important? You or what I can do for you and what you can do for the world. If you, if you are in this, if you're in this whole Christian life for what you can get out of it, then you're missing the point. See, this is, this is not just for outside of church. This is not just for, hey, about your life, you know, outside of here. It's like, you're here today. That's great. That's, that's awesome. I'm really glad that you're here. But if you feel like that you walked in here and now you're just getting some, like, points on your board back at home. Hey, God, you see, I showed up at church today. I was even only five minutes late. I should get some brownie points. Hey, God, did you see? I set up some curtains. It's kind of a big deal. Did, did you notice? What do I, hey, now, now how are you going to bless me, God? Go, come on, bless me. God, hey, God, look, I set up some chairs. Hey, now, now what are you going to give me? Did you see what I did? This is so great. So if, you, if you're here and you're here for you, it's a waste. Let me be honest with you, it's a waste. I'm thankful that you set up what you did, but it's a waste. It made my day easier, thank you, but it's a waste. See, I, we don't do this so that we get points. <laughs> I, the, I, I'm paid full-time. Nicole's paid part-time. And Heather, who's in our kids' ministry, is paid part-time. That's the only people here who are getting paid. Everybody else is a volunteer. Everybody else that you see around here that's doing something is volunteering. That's, that's the truth. But if you feel like, well, I have to go and volunteer... I have to go and do this. I don't want to, but I, they, Pastor Shane called me. I guess I'll show up and do what he asked me to do. No. We don't want you to serve in the, with that attitude. It's not an obligation for you to serve. This is a privilege. You don't have to serve. You get to serve. You don't have to be here. You get to be here. Why? Because this is everything. Because you're not living for you. This is a life surrendered. Exactly what Jesus is talking about here. A life surrendered is life to the fullest. And life to the fullest means that I say, I'm not in charge anymore. God, go ahead, take over. I don't have to come here. I get to come here. I don't have to worship you. I get to worship you. I don't have to lay my life down. I get to lay my life down. Because I trust that the life that you provide for me is better than the life that I provide for me. That's, that's the truth. That's what it means to live a surrendered life. And if you're here because you think you will come off as impressive to the person next to you or that you're helping in the kids' ministry because you just need a reference for your job or if you're hoping that by attending this church, God will make your life easier, then you are wasting your time. It's a waste. There's no other way around it. And if you're watching online right now, I know we got people watching online and it's great that you're tuning in, but if you're just watching on your, online and you're passively serving, not even serving, but if you're passively participating by sitting on your couch and watching a service, you're wasting your time. It's a waste. 
We do not care about having a church filled with passive participants. We want active participants because God says following him is not passive, it is active. So let's be active. I'm sick of doing things passively. But a living life to the fullest, a limitless life is a life surrendered. This cannot be about you. It simply can't. And if you're doing this for you, you're wasting it. I don't know any other way to put it to you. Remember what Jesus said. You must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. You've probably heard this a million times. But I don't know if you've actually thought about it. Whenever somebody is taking up their cross and carrying it, where are they carrying it to? To die. Somebody who's carrying a cross is not going to a birthday party. But rather, somebody who's carrying a cross is going to their death. That's what it is. So what Jesus is saying by, when he says, take up your cross, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. What he's saying is, you've got to die to yourself. You've got to die to, to your, your, pers- your, your, your perspective here. And what you think is most important. You've got to put that to, to, to bed. Leave that behind. And when you leave that behind and I show you the life that you can have through me, you will not regret it. You won't. Jesus is communicating to his disciples and to us today that if we really want to live a limitless life, we have to get rid of our demands and we have to die to ourselves and live a life that's surrendered. There's no other way. None. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what that surrendered life looks like next week. Because some of us say, yeah, okay. But again, what's the bottom line? If we're worried about the bottom line, then that means that we're worried about me. And we're not worried about him. So I'm going to invite the worship team up as we close. And if the sermon, if you didn't really like it, that's okay. If, if, if it kind of made you uncomfortable, good. I'll be honest with you, it makes me uncomfortable. Not because I'm uncomfortable giving the sermon, but because it's challenging me. Because I'm no different. I, I'm not, I hope, hope you know that I'm not preaching at you, I'm preaching with you. Meaning everything that I'm saying, I'm saying to me. Because there are plenty of times where I'm here for me. There's plenty of times where I'm, this is my job. This is, this is how I make a living. And there are plenty of times where I'm like, well, how can I make me look better? Oh, I hope people like this so that they think I'm smart. Oh, I hope people like this so they think that I'm funny. Oh, I hope that, hope that people like this so they keep coming back so that we have more people. None of that matters doesn't. The only thing that matters is your relationship with him. Are you closer with Jesus today than you were yesterday? And the only way that that can happen is if you say, I'm taking myself out of the driver's seat. A life lived for you is a wasted life. A life surrendered is a limitless life. 
And that, my friends, is where we find our purpose. That's where we find our passion. That's where we find our excitement. When we discover that, there are no limits. So get rid of you. Replace you with him. You will not regret it. Let's stand and let's sing.